Being a woman is one thing, but then being a black woman is another layer onto that. And so when black women are experiencing gender-based violence, they are more vulnerable. Black women are more likely to be criminalized for defending themselves against violence. They're less likely to call the police for help, and that's partly due to fear of police brutality against their abuser. They're less likely to report or be believed, less likely to reach out to supportive services, and that's due to a lack of culturally appropriate services or due to previous experiences of discrimination by service providers. And black women are at higher risk that their children will be removed from the home. In this episode, we'll learn how members of the African Nova Scotian community especially women, are integrating elements of Afrocentricity into the practices they use to address gender-based violence and provide support to other women in their community. We'll also hear from a survivor of gender-based violence who, by accessing services from a Communities of Care partner organization, is on the path of self-healing and fulfillment. This is the Creating Communities of Care podcast. I'm Cheyenne Labrador. My name is Renee Boudreaux. I should start by saying that I work with the Association of Black Social Workers. I've worked in community nonprofit organizations for over 10 years. At ABSW, I specifically focus on African Nova Scotian communities, specifically working with Black women. This is Renee. And as she just explained, she works at the Association of Black Social Workers in Halifax, Nova Scotia. The ABSW was originally founded out of necessity in Montreal in 1977. Two years later, the Nova Scotian ABSW took off, with its attention focused on transforming a system which underserved and marginalized African Nova Scotians. A lot of the work that I've done has been specifically with Black youth or uh, members of the Black community. So I worked in various African Nova Scotian communities uh, doing different sorts of work that is encouraging and empowering for community members. In this episode, we will hear not only from Renee, but also from one of her clients. This is Tina, and this is her story. Hi, uh, my name is Martina Brooks. I go as Tina Marie. That's my nickname. That's what I grew up. Everybody grew up calling me. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a business partner, a hairstylist, foremost a fashion designer. I love to design clothes. Everything from sketching the clothes up to learning how to sew. The fashion design, I'm very passionate about that. I also do costume design and theater. My main thing is to at least try to build a legacy from all this because I do have two daughters. Some nights I lose sleep because I'm thinking about different ways how I can try to make money if money doesn't come in, like just the different ways that I can do it to help uh, build my legacy. 
In high school, I was a rebellious teen. I remember doing a lot of things, but my teachers, I found some of them admired me for who I was. Like um, I was always looking for myself and finding the truth. You told me something, I questioned you on it. And if it didn't sound right to me, I would just tell you, it doesn't sound right, sounds like a lie. And we would go from there. Well, I feel that I'm resilient. I'm outrageous. I speak a lot of my mind. I, I just like to see the good in people. I, I like to try to find the good in people, no matter how bad the person may seem. I, I just try to find the good in them. Central to the work of ABSW is the understanding that the lived experience of Black and African Nova Scotian people is different from white society. Black people face different challenges and barriers, sharing a long history of overcoming oppression in North America. Many of the mechanisms and programs within our victim support and criminal justice systems reproduce and perpetuate conditions affecting Black communities. Conditions such as loss of generational wealth, overrepresentation in the prison population, and a much higher likelihood of having victims of gender-based violence become criminalized by a system that's supposed to protect them. At the time where I was physically, emotionally, and mentally abused by my children's father, they would tell me, oh, just leave them and everything will be cool. It's not that simple. This is the father of my child. This is my first love. And I'm thinking that he loves me, so I can't get out of a situation because I'm thinking that he loves me, so I'm gonna stay in that situation. The African Nova Scotian community has had its roots in the region for over 400 years, with more than 75% of the community's population tracing their lineage to Nova Scotia back three or more generations. I would say Black women are the backbone of the Black community. Black women will volunteer their time and their energy to make sure, you know, that an event goes well or that people are having a good time. Black women always show up for everybody. <laughs> Just looking specifically at the community that I came from um, and the community where I currently live, I would say that Black women, there is a lot that we carry. You know, raising children, looking out for other people's children, volunteering in the community, also protecting Black men, which is huge as well. There's like, a quote that says, Black women show up for everybody else, but who shows up for us? Black women show up for everybody, you know, children, men, women, we always show up and we take on a lot. And there's rewards with that as well, but I think that we don't get enough credit as Black women, and I feel as though in society, Black women aren't necessarily looked at as being as powerful and amazing as we are. Because I look at Black women as like queens, royalty. Given the different stereotypes that Black women have placed on them by society, you know, a lot of people still believe those stereotypes about Black women. But as black women, we just have to continue to rise and continue to excel. 
These barriers and challenges, they arise from systemic racism. And so for black women, you know, to call the police, it's probably not going to be the same experience as if a white woman were to call the police. And a lot of times black women may choose not to call the police because that could cause more harm. And also black women were always kind of wanting to protect our families, even if that means that we're trying to protect the person that is causing harm. Kind of thinking if we're to call the police on this person who may be, you know, someone's partner. So I think for black women, it's like we're always kind of thinking about that. Is this going to make things worse? Even though these people are supposed to be here to like serve and protect, what does that look like for black women? Being a woman on top of being black is like a whole nother level. You're you're still getting treated unfairly. There's seems to be no right way. And we still need guidance. Even if we are our own women, we still need guidance and we still need a shoulder to lean on, like for support. I would talk to, oh my gosh, I would talk to different people like that were in almost the same situation as me and people who were in the exact same situation as me. And even with those people, like they'll talk to you, but they're like, well, maybe you're doing something and that's why this is all happening. Why would you blame me? You're not helping my situation. You're not here to help me. I came to you for advice. You're not trying to help me. You're making matters worse for me. So therefore, I had no one to turn to. I had little to no friends at the time. And it, I just felt that my world was like crashing down. Like there was nobody out there to help me whatsoever. Nobody could relate to me. So it just, it put me in this dark spot. As the relationship with her partner grew more and more toxic, the once outgoing and expressive Tina retreated into herself, feeling that the situation she found herself in was something she would find no help in leaving. A lot of me started to change. I started to resent a lot of people. I started to turn cold on a lot of people, including my family members, because people were worried about themselves. They weren't worried about what was happening with me. Finally, by the time that my children started getting older and I started noticing like the sadness in their faces because they only seen their father whenever he felt like seeing them. I've watched my mother go through bull like that. And I didn't want them to go through the same things that I went through by not having a father figure there. And so I made up my mind. I was like, well, if nobody's going to help me, I'm going to help myself. And I want to make a better living for me and my kids. And they deserve better. I deserve better. So I just started to like change from going through the motions with my shadow self to like going and wanting to live. I didn't just want to exist. I wanted to live too. I just put all my bullshit aside. And then I was just like, okay, here's what's gonna happen. You're gonna get rid of him. You're gonna focus on your kids. You're gonna focus on what you wanna do in the future, how you wanna create your future, and then how you wanna like leave a legacy for your kids because you don't have nothing. So you gotta make 
choices, make the right choices for you and your kids, because if you don't, nobody else will. Tina's story is representative of the experience marginalized women at large have been feeling, that the systems built to provide aid to individuals facing gender-based violence are inadequate in their care for Black and Indigenous women. I felt like there was no help whatsoever. The cops were taking it seriously, but when you went to therapy or whatever, they weren't there for you. They were there for the money. If they never been through that situation, they can't relate to you. And that's what I felt like because I'm a female, I'm black, and I'm not living the high life like you people are. I'm not making the same dime that you people are. I'm making way less than you, and I'm just trying to find my way and raise my child by myself. It felt like people weren't trying to reach me, and then if you're not trying to reach me, I'm not trying to reach you back. Many feel unheard, uncared for, and unimportant. This is where the Creating Communities of Care project enters the scene. Here's Renee. So the Creating Communities of Care project, um, what that means for me and for the organization ABSW as well as clients is really just bringing black women together in a safe space to support and uplift each other. Through the work that I do, I usually bring women together and offer them some sort of activity to do um, that's empowering. And then eventually that leads into a greater conversation around gender-based violence. And through those sessions, there was healing and there were stories that were shared. And then eventually after those three workshops were completed, it led into a greater conversation about gender-based violence in our communities and how that shows up and what support is needed going forward and how we as a community can work together to support each other and to uplift each other, but also hold each other accountable as well, which is very important. You know, a lot of the women have expressed that after they leave these workshops, they feel more empowered. They feel like they're not alone. Some women have expressed that they felt a sense of isolation and coming to these workshops, they feel like they a sense of belonging. For Tina, her introduction to the culturally specific programming at ABSW happened through her sister, who happens to work within the organization. My sister <laughs> is uh, part of uh, your organization. Always look at my emails and she emailed me asking me would I like to be a participant in a painting session that you guys had. So I said yes, and I like painting. I like sketching. I'm an artist, as you know. So it just started from there. And then the more services that were offered in the different emails that she had been sending out, I was responding to the ones that most suited me the best. Tina attended her first session as a way to express herself through her art something that she has done for years. What she wasn't necessarily expecting was the personal impact the stories of other women would have on her. I found the workshop, the second one I did with you guys' organization, I found that one to be more helpful because I got to listen to other women, like how one particular woman got through her domestic violence abuse situation. And then it made me 
want to talk about my situation that I had in the past with my uh, children's father and how I got through it and how many different challenges there were to get through it because it, it was not an easy situation. So it made my voice become a lot bigger because I had more confidence knowing that there were more people than just myself that were dealing with that particular situation and how they got through it themselves. I just believe that if we all get together, get these women on board, keep going to meetings with the women and try to get them the help that they need, try to get them away from the man or the woman or whatever kind of partner they choose to be with, then just go from there. But it all starts with having the support group and having that small percentage of women so that they can let other women know because other women know what other women are going through. Like it it's, doesn't take a genius to notice that, but women talk to women. In these sessions, Black women are invited to share their experiences, to step into their own power, and to revel in the strength and character of other Black women. In this space, Blackness is celebrated and Black women are cherished. We do things that can always tie back to our roots and our culture. And so, for example, with the plant workshop that I spoke about earlier, through that workshop, we were able to kind of talk about how these plants relate back to us as humans and how we're resilient and how in order for us to grow, we need to be watered. We have to pour into ourselves just as much as other, well, more than other people pour into us. But the importance of pouring into ourselves, nurturing and taking care of ourselves, and then how that relates back to our ancestors, for example. We talked about growth, um, self-empowerment. We talked about healing. We talked about taking care of ourselves, which is something that specifically Black women, you know, oftentimes we put others first. With these new relationships and teachings supporting her, Tina's focus has shifted from the traumas of her past to the ambitions and goals she has for her future. I'd like to see myself leave a good legacy for my children, like the build on an empire for myself. I also would like to be a motivational speaker, like a humanitarian or something like that, because of the trials and tribulations that I went through, I would like to touch and try to reach as many people as I can and just work on being a better person myself. Like you're never done healing. No one is ever done healing and you still have a long ways to go till the day you die. So. I mean, life is a journey. Life is a healing, feeling process. And we all go through our own trials and tribulations. I like to say life is full of trial and error. And with that being said, I have a lot of trial and error and a lot of life lessons that I still got to go through. I know that most people who hear this podcast, they going through the same things. They just don't know where to go for the help at. And if they look hard enough, they'll find it. Tina will be the first to tell you that the ABSW and the Creating Communities of Care Project has changed her life. 
Too often, urban Indigenous and African Nova Scotian women do not see themselves or their culture represented in the support programs they access. Too often, they decide that they'd be better off on their own navigating the complexities of gender-based violence by themselves. And too often, society seems content to let the problems persist unaddressed. I definitely believe that projects like the Creating Communities of Care Project and other culturally specific and relevant programs, I definitely have a lot of hope when it comes to these programs because I do believe that for so many years we have kind of isolated ourselves or you know, stayed silent about these important issues. So being able to have more opportunities to engage with others who may have experienced something similar creates healing. Having more programs like creating communities of care, having more spaces definitely gives me a lot of hope for the future. And also, I think that Women, even looking at my generation, like I feel as though there's so many spaces now for women to feel comfortable with sharing their stories, especially even on social media. We see, you know, other people talking about their experiences and then somebody may read somebody's post and say, oh, my gosh, like I am going through that right now or I have gone through that. And then they may feel like they can reach out to this person and get some support or just have someone to talk to or listen to. So I think that through those experiences, there's so much healing that can be done. And so the more we heal, the more we rise and the more we love ourselves and also enhance our communities. Women feel that they have become a statistic without a name, without a story and without a voice. What the Creating Communities of Care project represents is that every woman has a name, a story, and a voice that needs to be heard. I would like to help other Black women, other Indigenous women, to, like, I don't know, have talks, normal talks, like you're feeling comfortable with each other, you're feeling comfortable in the skin that you're in. There's no judgment, none of that jazz. Tina hopes that the same programs that helped her navigate the experience with her child's father and reconcile with her shadow self will remain available to other Black women who need it. Today, she's a true believer in the power of community. By teaching other people like stuff that I learned over the years about like fashion or whatever, I'd like to steer people in the right direction. I'd like to tell people, like I said, my story, share my story with other people, see if they're comfortable enough to share their stories too. Making people leave with feeling comfortable, like being happy that they actually got this off their chest, that they actually told people their story that they actually have no shame in their game of telling these stories and just to be comfortable with their identity, whether they be bisexual, transgender, black, white, indigenous, people of color, the list goes on. It shouldn't matter. You should be comfortable with who you are. You should already know who you are. And if you don't find who you are, that's all I can say. 
So through the work with ABSW, my work is specifically focused on Black women and working with Black women, but there's also work to be done with Black men and including them into these conversations. So we are currently working on creating, I mentioned the Black Women in Healing series, but we're also looking at creating a Black Men in Healing series. Men definitely need to be a part of this conversation and we're going to do what we can to create something similar to the women in healing. So offering some sort of workshops that promote healing for black men. Just the importance of including men in these conversations because we don't do enough of that. There's a lot of trauma in our communities for both black men and black women. But I think that if more Black men stand up and protect Black women, do their own inner work to heal themselves, then we can come together and build a solid, beautiful foundation. And I see that in our communities now. I see Black men and Black women, Black partners coming together and building something beautiful. So I think the healing needs to happen on both ends, and then we can pour that into the next generations. That's all for this episode of Creating Communities of Care. If you heard your own story throughout this podcast and are interested in learning more about the Association of Black Social Workers or another partner organization, check out the show notes for links and resources. If you are facing gender-based violence in your own life, know that it isn't your fault and there are those who will help you. My name is Cheyenne Labrador. Walalan. We'll